Hello, everyone. I'm excited about today. We're going to do our creed together, church family. Okay, so if you're with us for the first time, you've never been a part of Shoreline, again, we already love you. We're already in your corner cheering you on. We have this creed we do every week. It gives us a reminder of who God says we are and reorients our heart around the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we want you to say this with us on the count of three. Ready? We're going to put all the words on the screen. Just follow along. One. Two, three, I am loved by God. I cannot earn it. I cannot lose it. In Christ, I am forgiven and made brand new. I live with passion and purpose. I am empowered by the Spirit to be the church in the world and to live for the glory of God. That's our creed. And today, we are jumping back into God's Word. I'm so excited about this. All right, y'all. We've been in this series called Thy Kingdom Come, all right? It comes right from our glorious Savior teaching us the Lord's Prayer. He was very, very, you know, the disciples are seeing the life of Jesus and all that he's doing, and they come up to him and they're like, Jesus, you, you, you got to tell us, what's the secret sauce? Tell, teach us how to pray. And Jesus goes, okay, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then he goes on and says some other things. And some of us have heard that and we call it the Lord's Prayer, but really this is Jesus teaching all of us to pray. And he is teaching us to pray, thy kingdom come, not my kingdom come. So for everybody who is 27, but still acts like two, it's not my kingdom come, it is thy kingdom come. To everybody who's 47 and still acts like they're two, it is not my kingdom come, it is thy kingdom come. I got Olu right here. Olu has a little baby. She's perfect. I mean, Micah, if you, if you ever want to see a perfect baby, I mean, come on, Olu. Yeah, it's the truth. This, this little girl, I mean, she is just perfect. And I'm just telling Olu, one day she's going to say, mine, 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 mine. And she's going to say, no, daddy, mind your business, daddy. Like all this stuff happens at some point in time with kids. Uh, but what we want to do is make sure we're maturing as followers of Jesus and not jumping into this thing, keep saying, my kingdom come, but, but thy kingdom come come. Y'all ever seen the uh, TV show, the game show, Let's Make a Deal? Has anybody ever seen that? Okay, because I'm getting old now. I was watching the NBA uh, draft. I wasn't watching. I watched a little video of it, and they were asking these NBA players, these new draft picks, you know, if they knew about, like, NSYNC, and they knew about, uh, they put a picture of NSYNC up there, and these guys, they're all, like, 18, 19, 20-year-olds. They thought it was the Beatles, Okay. <laughs> put up a picture of a pager, and they were like, okay, I don't know, is that a voice recording device? They had no idea what these things were. So when I say let's make a deal, I think this is still a game show, but the whole premise behind let's make a deal is, hey, you've got something in your hands, right? You got something in your hands. I'm gonna give you $500. You got $500 in your hands, but over here, you know, there, there's a door and you can't see what's behind that door, behind door number one, behind door number two, but you got, you got $500. Do you wanna give up your $500? for what's behind the door. And I was gonna have $500 here, but then I was like, I don't have $500 on me, but I should have asked you, Andrew, because you're definitely a baller. Yeah, you got, you got $500. But, but you, you, you have your money and you're wondering, okay, is it worth it? Do I give up what I have, what I can see, for something that I can't see? 
What's behind that door? And, and honestly, most of us would, you know, you kind of you play the odds, if you will. You kind of go maybe back and forth. And, and I feel like this is a little bit of what we're walking through in this whole idea of the, the kingdom of God. Because God actually asks us to give up in order to get some things that we cannot see. And I want to talk today, I want to talk today about you and I understanding kingdom mathematics. Because they're different than earthly mathematics. Earthly mathematics is like, hey, I've got this in front of me, let me keep it, and let me keep on growing it and growing it and growing it and growing it. But, but, but that's earthly mathematics. Kingdom mathematics are just different. In, in, in kingdom mathematics, you must Master, I've got another step out here. I almost walked out there, but I don't think the lights are out there. I want to keep on, I want to keep on, but I'll make me dark. So let me stay back here. <laughs> you must master subtraction in order to receive multiplication. I want to talk about kingdom. I'm talking about kingdom mathematics for a second. You must master subtraction in order to receive multiplication. You have to be willing to let go in order to, to take in. Now, um, we're going we're to go through this. Yesterday, uh, my son was supposed to be up here with me. So, Parker, I know you're watching. He's supposed to be up here, but he was slept in, okay? Because he's 15, okay? Almost 16, and that's what 15, 16-year-olds do, okay? They just keep on sleeping. But yesterday, he and I went on a six-mile run, Okay? Six miles. Booyah! Six miles, y'all. I'm not kidding. We ran six real miles. Okay, this is not a treadmill. Outside from our, street, from our house, kind of up the corner and back is about a half a mile. So we just did this thing, do your math, 12 times. Well, I wasn't going to be able to do it by myself. Let me talk to this camera. I wasn't going to be able to do it by myself, okay? I recognized that in order for me to accomplish this task, and why was I running six miles? Because I'm dumb. That's the first reason. The second reason is I'm on a group text with a bunch of guys on staff and a bunch of the husbands of folks that are on staff, and we are doing this foolish competition. We only put $10 in, okay? Everybody put in $10, and I think there's only 13 of us, okay? So if you win this, you only win $130. I should have done that math. That deal is not worth it, but, but I got this other, you know, competitive edge, and I was like, no, I want, I want to do this thing. So we're supposed to run seven miles. I did one mile the day before, six miles yesterday, but I go to Parker and say, hey, Parker, Parker, you want to run with me? And he's like, no. Okay, Parker, I'll pay you. Okay, Dad, let's go. Let's go. I'll do it. My son, he wasn't for love. It wasn't because I want to spend time with my father. But Dad, I care about you. Dad, your health, it matters to me. No, no, no. It was, I'll make a deal with you. I'll give up my time because you're going to give me some money. It makes sense. I just want you to understand, in order for Parker to have received that money, he had to be willing to give up his time. But he was not getting that money from me if he didn't give up the time. And it was great. Just so you know, it was an awesome moment. And I, Parker, I love you. Because I'm, I'm dying, y'all. I am dying. Okay, this is not a run. This is not a run. And this is what I am doing. 
talk to me, London. Uh, th- this is not, this is me going down the street. And Parker's like, you got it, Dad. Go, Dad. Later on at dinner, he said that was his high of the day, and he thought I was going to quit. <laughs> I thought I, did, I was going to, too. I was like, I can't go out like this in front of my 15-year-old, or I'll just keep putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> so I finally made it. My legs are so sore right now. If I sit down, I'm not getting back up. All that to say, he had to give up some time in order to receive that money. You have to master subtraction in order to receive multiplication. We see this with Jesus. Jesus gave the disciples authority, and he did not receive followers. He received leaders. You can see it in Acts chapter 2. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, receives the church. I mean, over and over and over again, you see, a, you see a giving, you see a subtracting, if you will, and there's a multiplication that happens. John 3.16. Okay, this is the first verse we're going to go to here. First verse we're going to read. Some of you already have this verse memorized. Okay, it's a great, great verse to memorize. I don't even know why I'm looking it up because I have it memorized, but I'm going to do it anyway. John chapter 3, verse number 16 316, this is what you see at football games when people were at football games. Uh, For God so loved the world that he what? In order for God to receive the multiplication, the people coming home, he had to give his son. I'm just, I'm just trying to talk about kingdom mathematics. I, this is counterintuitive. I recognize that. But this, my friend, is how heaven does math. Subtraction equals multiplication. Write it down. Subtraction equals multiplication. I can go, okay, I'm going to do some more verses. I'm just going to run through a bunch of verses. So if you don't want to read the Bible today, you're not going to like today. Genesis, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I'm in the table of contents right now. Okay, Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said... Let there be light. So when God sees the world and emptiness and things are void, in order for something to sprout up or to come to life, God gives the word. And if he holds on to the word, then the light doesn't come. But it's when he gives the word that the light comes. And you go down verse after verse after verse. God said, God gave the word and something else sprouted up. This is, you remember, um, let me see, who's the youngest person up here? How old are you, Jono? 25. 25, okay. Lexi, how old are you? 23. She's 23 too, but I'm a month old. Okay, okay. So, so we've got, we've got Lexi and Cassidy, both 23. So when you guys 
were in school, all right, let's go, let's go high school, all right, because it's been a minute uh, for me. Uh, they used to, you guys have always had, always had technology to do work. Like, I remember a day, I mean, it was barely, I had a big old calculator. You know, does anybody remember? I mean, the calculator was just, it was massive, okay, it was massive. And my teacher, my, uh, my algebra teacher, my geometry teacher was like, hey, hey, you can't use that, you can't use it. You gotta show your work, gotta show your work. Now, did they do that in math for you guys? Did you have to show your work when you were going through like, I don't know, geometry, algebra, or were you able to? Sometimes, okay, okay, well. Well, in school, back in the Stone Ages, uh, we used to have to show our work. And what you would do is have to say, hey, teacher, I, I'm, this is not just the answer, but this is how I got to the answer. Let, let me show you my work. And throughout the scriptures, God is showing us his work. He's showing you that this this is how it works in my kingdom. You, you can't take your own earthly understanding and bring that into my kingdom. When you come into my kingdom, I need you to understand how we do things in this kingdom. Um, Jono just got married. Okay. Jono just got married. Yep. And... Uh, Come, come over here, Lyndon, for me. John is the one back here. Can you show him? Can you show, show John for a second? There he is right there. Smile, John. Okay, bam. There's John. John just got married. How long y'all been married now? Six months. Six months. And John and, and his wonderful wife, they have bought a home. Okay, so they bought a home. I'm even thinking about uh, Rachel and Berner in uh, Antigua right now. They just got married as well. So now they are in their home. It's, that's like your kingdom. It's like, hey. I got my space. Whether you have an apartment, a house, wherever you're living, that's your kingdom. You got rules for your kingdom, even if you have roommates. Somebody, the four of you had to get together and go, hey, 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 hey. You don't just leave your stuff in the sink. You put it in the dishwasher. Somebody needs to tag or <laughs> text their roommate right now and tell them to watch this message. You don't leave your stuff just hanging around like there are some maids here to clean up your stuff. You get your stuff and you put it away yourself. This is how our house operates. This is how our kingdom operates. When you come into this house, this is how we do things. And what God is saying for all of us is when you become a follower of mine, there's a way we do things here. And of course, we got love and we've got humility and we've talked about those things at other times. And, but, but I just need you to understand it, with, the, with the heart and the culture of love and humility, there is also a practice in the kingdom. And this practice in the kingdom is that of subtraction in order to receive multiplication. Uh, go with me to another story in Genesis. Genesis chapter 12. You know, I actually need this one in the NLT. You got that other Bible for me, Andrew? Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, Genesis chapter 12. Um, verses, I think I'm going verses one and two. Just verses one and two. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, leave your relatives, and leave your father's family and go to the land I will show you. So what I need you to do, Abram, 
is I need you to subtract in your life. I need you to be willing to cut away from this. Why? Because verse number two, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Abram was not broke, okay? He was not like some man sitting on the side of the road just hoping one day that, you know, things are going to turn out right. No, that's not, that's not, that was not a story. Abram actually was doing really, really well. He was well off. He was in a very popular city. He was doing great. I want to talk to leaders for a second who are doing well. I want to talk to people who got promotions during this season. I want to talk to folks that's like, man, right now I'm on top of the world. I'm sorry that everybody else is struggling the way they're struggling, but man, things are going pretty good for me right now. I got a promotion. I got a raise. I, I bought a house. Uh, I refinanced. I got like a 1.4 interest rate because the interest rates are so low right now. I mean, like my life is going well. My business is moving forward. Abram was a leader. The man was doing well. So whether you're male, female, older, younger, married, or single, and you're doing well right now, I think if we want to go back to let's make a deal. God is asking you, you think you have a $2 million life, but God actually has for you a $200 million life. And are you willing to leave, subtract the things that need to be subtracted out of your life so you can receive the multiplication that God has for you? It's not ultimately about your fame. I mean, you can see here, God actually doesn't have an issue with fame. He actually doesn't have an issue with popularity. He just uses these things to leverage it for his glory. It's so that you can be a blessing to others, not so that everybody likes you, but so everybody thinks about him. Leave your, your people, your country, leave, leave everybody, leave all this stuff behind and go here, and that's where the multiplication is. But if you stay, if you don't subtract, you don't get the multiplication. You still have my love, you still have my kindness, but you don't have my multiplication. Okay, let's keep on going here. Let's keep on going. Give me another, give me another verse. I, I, I think I'm going uh, Kings. I think I'm going Kings right now. First Kings, I think. First Kings, is that right? First Kings? Oh, yeah. First Kings 17. First Kings 17. Watch this. Watch this. Oh, this is a fun one. This is a fun one. First Kings chapter 17. I mean, chapter 17, beginning in verse number 12. There's Elijah and this widow. And Elijah shows up and he's talking to the widow. In verse number 12, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself. And this is what I'm going to do with the, after I eat this meal. For myself and my son, that we may eat it, and then we're going to die. Wow. You thought you were having a bad day. <laughs> He's like, hey, give me some food. Give me some food, widow. Oh, well, he didn't call it widow, but g give me some food. Give me some food. <laughs> and uh, she goes, hey, listen, I don't have anything. I'm going to make my last piece of bread. 
My son and I are going to eat this meal. And then you know what we're going to do? We're going to die. That's what we're going to do. You're going to die. <laughs> now it's just getting really awkward, right? I keep saying it over and over. This is from the movie The Croods. Shout out to all the parents out there who have seen Croods 38 million times because our kids have been home from school. Uh, so here, this woman says, I'm going to die. I don't have anything. You're asking me for something. I don't have anything to give. All I have is some bread and some flour. I don't have anything at all to give you. I'm giving. This is for me and my son. And then we're going to eat it and we're going to die. And then this is what Elijah said to her. Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, everybody say, but first. But first. Come on, but first, but, but first, but first, oh my goodness. I don't even know if I would do this. A matter of fact, I'm sure I wouldn't. But first, make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. He's talking to a widow here, Okay. Honestly, can we just say he seems a little bit like a jerk? Can we just say that? It's a widow. She's got her son. This woman has lost her husband. She's, on, she's at the end of her rope. Has, is anybody feeling like this? Because <laughs> I know we talked about those folks that have been blessed during this season, but there's some other folks that are like, mm, that ain't my story. I'm hanging on by a thread. COVID has taken so much. Thanksgiving is going to be terrible. Just so you all know, the people who usually come to our house for Thanksgiving are not coming this year, and they bring the macaroni and cheese. We just found, about, I found out about this yesterday. COVID, I'm going to slap you upside the head. You just feel like, what in the world? So many things are being taken. Now, that, that, that's a silly thing that I'm talking about there. Others of us are actually facing some real life or death scenarios. Honestly, the truth is this morning, I just got a, I just got a text from, from my dad. Uh, love you, dad. And uh, his wonderful wife uh, is watching as well, Lady D. Uh, I got a text from my dad this morning. My grandmother has COVID. This tested positive for COVID. She lives uh, in an assisted a living facility and just found that out. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to beat COVID, it's going to be her. She's like 148 years old and incredibly strong, strong as an ox. But, but some of us have lost jobs, have not been able to have a surgery that we thought we needed because of what's going on in the hospitals, are homeschooling our kids. Can we just say, right, I mean... The homeschooling. Why is no one talking about giving teachers a raise? Okay, I, I need to figure, why is no one, I have not heard enough talk about this. We need teachers to be making millions of dollars a year, okay? That's what we need, that's what we need. Somebody make me a lobbyist for teachers. Every parent right now is a lobbyist for teachers. We need to do something to get these teachers some more money, get them the hazmat suits that they need, because we need to send these children back to school. <laughs> Back to the widow. <laughs> She's at the end of her rope. And Elijah says, first, give something to me. 
We think he's a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's so in tune with the kingdom. He's so in tune with kingdom mathematics that he understands. Widow, even in your lack, if you'll give what God is asking you to give, I'm telling you there's multiplication that will come out of your giving. I'm just telling you, the way heaven does math and the way earth does math is very, very different. Mark chapter 10. Okay, how many verses? I'm, I'm going to keep on going with the verse. I'm going to give another verse. I'm gonna give, let me give you a Jesus, another Jesus verse right here. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Walk with me here. Walk with me. Mark chapter 10, verse number 29. Oh, my goodness. Truly, I tell... Let me set it up for you. This is right after a rich man comes up to Jesus like, hey, hey, come on, tell me what I need to do to get eternal life. And Jesus says, hey, uh, listen, man, I love you. What I need you to do is go sell, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, then come and follow me. And the guy's like, whoa, I, I've got a lot. He, he was very wealthy. So he's like, I, I, I can't do that. You're asking me too much. You're asking too much of me. Jesus is like, man, that's why it's difficult for rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Obviously, he's talking to a, a man that has a lot of money here, but we can be rich in a lot of other things. And that can hinder us from really entering into the kingdom kind of life. A lot of us are rich in talents and rich in our egos, rich in a lot of other things. And it's just a hindrance because we're not willing to subtract so that we can receive the multiplication. The disciples speak up and they're like, hey, um, some of us have given up a lot to follow you. I appreciate the honesty of the disciples. You can read that later. That's verse 28. I don't have it written down for you. Peter spoke up and says, uh, we've left everything to follow you. <laughs> Verse 29, truly I tell you, Jesus replied. Come here, let it. Tr tr truly I listen to the family, listen to the words of Jesus to your heart and your life. Listen. Not just with your ears, but with your heart. Listen. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecution. Can't take that out. And in the age to come, eternal life. If you are willing to subtract, I will multiply in ways you never even thought possible. And I'll multiply on this side of heaven and on the other side of heaven. Are you willing to do this? For my sake and for the gospel. Not for your sake and your fame, but for my sake and for the gospel. What is the gospel? Come on, y'all. We talk about this all the time. This cannot get old to us because if we do not understand the gospel, then we will not live this Christian life the way God has called us to live this Christian life. The gospel is so beautiful. It is the good news. It is an announcement that your sins have been forgiven, that Jesus has paid the ultimate price for every single one of us. And it has nothing 
to do with your works. It's all based on his work. And I know some people think, well, that means if, if God loves me no matter what, then I can do whatever I want to do. And God's like, no, 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 my friends. When you understand how good I have been and how deep you were in your sin and how much I have forgiven you, then you will live your life for my glory out of a heart of gratitude and worship. Last verse, Philippians. Philippians. Man, where did the time go? Philippians chapter I'm going to go chapter 4, chapter 4, chapter chapter 4. Okay. We're talking talking kingdom mathematics here. Kingdom mathematics. Moreover, verse 15, moreover, as you Philippians know, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, Okay, Bible nerds, let me talk to you for a quick second. Those of you, like, you, take, those of you taking notes right now, you can jot down Acts chapter 16. I'm not going to turn there right now. But the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 16, this is when Paul goes to Philippi. He is in Philippi. This is where he meets Lydia, business owner. She's a baller. After uh, he stays at Lydia's house, they end up having this moment where they cast this evil spirit out of uh, this young lady. The business owners of that young lady get upset and they end up, a mob ends up attacking Paul in Philippi. He ends up in prison. For those of you who, again, who have been in this Bible thing for a while, now I'm connecting the book of Philippians with when he is in Philippi, okay? So this is kind of giving you some of the backstory. They are in the prison, and when they're in the prison, Paul and Silas, about midnight, they begin to praise, they begin to cry out to God, they begin to worship, they begin to sing songs to God after being beaten, after being ridiculed, after being humiliated, after being forgotten, after being stepped over, they are now in the middle of their prison and they are worshiping. This is what the Bible call a sacrifice of praise. Dare I call it a subtraction of praise. I'm going to give my praise and what God gives them is a breakthrough and not just for them, but for everybody in the prison. Then... The jailer ends up giving his heart to Jesus Christ. Okay. So he says, Philippians, you know in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set up for Macedonia, again, all this is Acts chapter 16. Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving. Except you only. No other church was, was giving. No, the church was subtracting, but you were. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Do you see him, you see him talking here to, to the church? These people, they pro- maybe the jailer is reading this letter with them. Maybe they're like, I remember, I remember when he was beaten. I remember when his eye was swollen, when he was walking with a limp. I remember how he and Silas were, were, were uh, aching and bloody and beaten. They still praise. And then 
Revival broke out. I remember all of that. And now the Apostle Paul is saying, hey, thank you. You sent me aid more than once when I was in need. You subtracted. I want to read this to you, though. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I'm not here begging. I'm begging. I want to say thank you to every person at Shoreline City who's been willing to subtract for years. Honestly, the camera that's being held is because somebody subtracted some finances. The Cultivate Conference that we were able to put on, there were folks subtracting their time. People were here the night before until not only 11 o'clock, midnight, some until 5 o'clock the next morning. Individuals giving up their time. They're subtracting and God's going to give them a multiplication. Matter of fact, you are on the other side. You were a part of their subtraction. You are now part of the multiplication. You think Shoreline City is what it is because people have not been willing to subtract? My friends, people have been subtracting for years. Every building we have, every house that we built, every person we've fed, every single individual that we've clothed, all of this stuff has been because people have been willing to subtract and God has been multiplying over and over and over and over and over again. Dare I say, there is more multiplication to come, but that also means there's more subtraction. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I need you to know that's my heart for you as well. That's our church family's heart for you. You keep on hearing about uh, this heaven to earth offering, this end of the year opportunity we have to give. This, I'm, now I'm talking about finances in this particular moment that you and I get the chance to subtract. We do. I'm not going to pretend like something's not being taken away. It is. But I'm not asking you to do this because I need something from you. What I desire more is that even more will be credited to your account. Because if you can understand kingdom mathematics, this will impact every single area of your life. Your marriage will not be the same when you understand kingdom mathematics. What, what husbands and wives that are arguing tend to do is they tend to want to keep forgiveness. They want to keep offense. They want to, they want to hold on. I'm going to wait for you to do something. Then I'm going to change. But God's like, Hey, in order for it to be kingdom, in order for it to operate the way I want it to operate in this house, you're going to have to be willing to subtract. And that's when the multiplication comes. Husbands and wives, I'm telling you, you can have the breakthrough that you need. Now, I don't want to pretend like, oh, I just do this and then I did. And there's some crazy stuff out there about some like prosperity gospel stuff. I ain't, I ain't talking about that right now. I ain't talking about that. All right. 
That's about you at the center. That's about your, our own selfishness. That's about our own gaining and kind of uh, ruling over others. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that stuff. I'm talking about kingdom principles. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. God showed us his work over and over and over and over and over and over and over again in Scripture. You keep on seeing subtraction, then multiplication. So don't cut me off because some bad theology out there. You'll miss out on the multiplication that God has for you. And that's what the enemy would like to have happen in your life. Uh, honestly, even I'll go back to heaven to earth for just a second. Uh, my wife is here in the room and uh, I was praying about heaven to earth. He was like, oh, $800,000. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a year of COVID. But man, we want to build this playground. We want to do these, you know, have these other things that we want to accomplish and help folks in natural disasters and build up benevolence so we can help families in need and, and stuff in Guatemala and kids in Kenya. I mean, we got all this stuff that's going through our heads and I'm feeling like God's like, no, no, I want you to take this step. I want you to do it. Uh, but but I'm like, okay, God, what part do you want me to play? And y'all, God dropped a number in my heart. It was one of those numbers where I was like, get behind me, Satan. I'm like, no, 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 no. So I thought, well, okay, okay, Lord, let me, let me talk to my wife first. Let me talk to my wife. I want to be in agreement with my wife. And I go to her and I'm like, hey, honey, you know, heaven to earth, we're going to be coming up at the end of this year. And this is the number I felt like God put on my heart. What do you think? She's like, oh yeah, let's do it. You look at my face. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, we're going to do this thing. I'm not asking you to give money. I'm asking you to pray and ask God what part you're supposed to play. And if God says don't do anything, don't do anything. But I have a sneaking suspicion that when you ask him and your heart is open, he's saying, hey, there's more behind that door than you can ever possibly imagine. There's more lives. There's more hope. There's more purpose. There's more vision, there's more humility, there's more grace than you could ever possibly imagine. I'm going to be all done here, but I just want to read these last couple verses. Not that I desire your gifts, what I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received, again, they've given from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are, your gifts are, your gifts are, your gifts are, your giving is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Verse number 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Kingdom mathematics. Okay, I pray. I pray your heart was encouraged today. I pray it was challenged a little bit too. I know mine has been encouraged and challenged. But the God of heaven loves you. We love you so much. And we're believing that he is going to multiply in ways you never even thought possible. And more individuals that can come to life in Jesus Christ. And your life will look even more like the life of Jesus Christ. Because not my kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? If you're with us and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ, you've never made him first, you've never made him number one. You've never said, Jesus, I want you to be first. I want you to be primary. I want you to be in the driver's seat of my life.
Or maybe at one point in time you did, you slipped away, you've gone another direction, you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore, you want to go his way. I'm going to ask you in this moment to do something simple but something incredibly bold. I want you to respond to the grace of God. I want you to respond to this good news. I want you to respond to Jesus saying, son, daughter, it's time to come home. It's time for you to give me your heart and your life. What I want you to do is I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's like vows that you're saying to God. The cross and the empty grave are his vows to you. And now, my friends, this is your opportunity to say vows back to him, giving him your heart and your life. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. And with all the faith you have, even it's the faith as small as a grain of sand, in this moment, you are responding to God's grace. And repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you lift up your hands? Let's clap our hands, church family. Put it in the chat. I want you to know God loves you so much. We love you so much.